Life Audio. Christian Parent Crazy World with Catherine Seegers is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you raise godly kids in an ungodly world. I'm your host, Katherine Seegers, and today's episode will tackle this vital question. What is the biggest threat to our faith and our culture today? That that just might be the most vital question we have asked so far. The answer, by the way, is the same for both our faith and our culture. That threat involves an attack on something that is so central, so foundational to our faith, that to attack it is to attack the very core of who we are as Christians. Truly, it is an attack on Christ himself. And this attack is leading to an erosion of both our faith and our culture. And it is leading to the massive youth exodus from the church that we have been trying to assuage since episode one of this podcast. You know, I'm going to leave you in suspense for a little bit here as to what that issue is. First, I want to set the stage for the preeminence of this issue. Over a decade ago, I was doing this course through my church from Focus on the Family. It was a 12-part series that digs into the most central issues of our faith. I'll tell you the title of that, uh, that series in just a bit. In the very first episode, the professor, Dr. Dell Tackett, walks into a classroom that had like I don't know, like three dozen students in it. And he asked this question. And and let me just say, I don't remember many questions from classes or or videos I watched over a decade ago. But this this one uh, was it was just one of those epiphanies in my life, like like clouds parted and Handel's Messiah was playing major light bulb moment for me. It needs to be a major light bulb moment for all of us. And certainly for our kids. So Dr. Tackett asks this question, why did Jesus come into the world? <laughs> that That's a really important question if you happen to call yourself a Christian. Some of the answers from the class were to redeem us, to save us, to become the the sacrifice for our sin. What would you say? Think about that for just a second. Why did Jesus come into the world? You know, I, I was in a class of people, and some of the answers we had was were to to conquer sin and death and and, and Satan to reconcile us to the Father. I I offered that one. These are all great answers, and they're all wrong. To be clear, Jesus certainly did accomplish all of those things by coming to Earth. But that is not why he came. It was not his primary purpose. In the Gospel of John, chapter 18, there is a startling account given to us for Christ's primary purpose in coming to earth. And in this section of scripture, Jesus answers really, I think, what is one of the the questions of the ages. Why did he come? 
So Jesus is on trial for his life at this point in the Gospels. He is standing before Pontius Pilate, who is a a governor in Rome. And this guy's about to wash his hands of Jesus and turn him over to his executors. And Jesus tells us exactly why he came. This is what he said. I really wish we had some drums here or something or some cymbals. But this is what he says. For this reason, I was born and have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. That's John chapter 18, verse 37. That was a major, like major light bulb moment for me. I, of course, I'd, I'd heard this statement before. I've read the Bible since I was a child and I went to, you know, a Christian undergraduate and graduate school, but I had never really connected the dots. I hadn't realized how central the issue of truth is to, well, well, honestly, everything in our faith, but truth was Christ's primary purpose in coming to the earth. You see, truth has been on trial since the beginning, since the garden, since that sly snake said, you know, did God really say dot, dot, dot? And Jesus came to set the record straight. The snake challenged the word of God, the instructions that he gave to Adam in the garden. So the word of God became flesh. That is what John chapter 1 verse 14 tells us. Jesus is the word of God in flesh form. And his primary purpose for coming to earth is to crush the lies of the enemy and to testify to the truth. Now, we're going to need to break that down (laughs) quite a bit here um, so we can really understand the significance of this. That series from Focus on the Family, by the way, It's called The Truth Project. It's really awesome. I'll I'll link it for you. But why was Christ's primary purpose truth and and not all of that other good stuff? That's what we're going to talk about today. Actually, we're going to camp out on this issue of truth for several episodes because it is so foundational. We're going to use this episode as a springboard to talk about the myriad of ways that truth is being attacked in our culture in some future episodes. But in this episode, I'm going to tell you why truth is Christ's primary purpose and why it needs to be ours. And it needs to be central in our parenting. I'm going to give you some shocking statistics about where the majority of Christians and Americans are when it comes to this central issue of truth. And then I'm going to give you seven attributes of truth that we need to know as Christians and we need to teach our kids. That's the plan. So let's get started. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens, This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, 
The Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Before we dive in deeply to today's topic, I I have a little favor to ask of you. If you are a regular listener of Christian Parent Crazy World or if you're completely new to this podcast and just want to do a really nice favor for a complete stranger for no apparent reason, uh, there's something you could do that would really bless me and this podcast. I plan to attend the Spark Media Podcast Conference in March of this year in Nashville, Tennessee, my hometown. Go Preds! And and they have some fan awards where you can go and nominate your favorite Christian podcast. Nominations are going to be open during the entire month of February, and we'll, we'll post a link for you. The two categories that this show would be eligible for are best female podcast, and while, you know, technically podcasts don't have a gender, podcast hosts do, and while you may not be female, I am. So, uh, yeah. And best solo podcast, because I I host this show on my own, on my own. Yeah, that was uh, that was from Les Mis. I, I don't remember the rest of that song. Anyways, so uh, it, I, I would really appreciate your supporting Christian Parent Crazy World so it gets a bigger footprint out there and we can minister to more people. So, you know, if you feel so led, and I really hope you do, help a sister out. So let's get on with this topic today. Why is testifying to the truth the primary reason that Jesus came to the earth and not, say, redemption and salvation and atonement and conquering death and evil and Satan and and reconciling us to God? Those are really great things that Jesus did accomplish in coming to earth, but they aren't his primary purpose. Why? Lean into this, please, please pay attention here. The reason why those other things aren't his primary purpose, and truth is, is because you can't experience any of those things until you first understand what is true. If you believe a lie, you can't receive salvation. You can't experience redemption. You can't appropriate the atonement. You can't conquer death and evil and Satan, and you can't be reconciled to the Father. That is why truth is so important. 
Truth is the prerequisite to every good thing that Christ accomplished here on earth. All the good stuff that Jesus accomplished by coming to earth and dying for our sins will have no effect in your life or my life or our kids' lives if we believe the lies of the enemy. That is why the attack on truth is the biggest threat to our faith, to our culture, and to our kids that we face today. So where is our crazy world on this issue of truth? Well, uh, a recent study released by Barna, which is one of the, if not the largest and most well-respected research groups in the country when it comes to faith issues, this study found that 58% of Americans believe moral truth is up to the individual. So nearly 6 in 10 Americans believe that your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth and never the twain shall meet. They believe that, quote, there are no moral absolutes that apply to everyone all the time. None, according to the survey. Surprisingly, and, and here's the kicker, 48% of adults who identified as born-again Christians agreed with that statement, that there are no moral absolutes that apply to everyone all the time. That is nearly half of all born-again Christians. You know, oh, man, I, I have to pause for a second here. That is shocking. I, I don't want my kids to be in that group, and I'm assuming that you don't either if you stop by this podcast. I want to read to you part of this report from the Cultural Research Center, which which summarizes all the research conducted by Barna. The report says, quote, Perhaps most stunning, this latest research shows a rejection of God's truth and absolute moral standards by American Christians, though seen as most likely to hold traditional standards of morality. Evangelicals defined as believing the Bible to be the true, reliable word of God are just as likely to reject absolute truth at 46% as to accept the existence of absolute truth at 48%. So in other words, 46% of them believe that there is no absolute truth of evangelical Christians, whereas 48% of them believe that there is. And only a minority of born-again Christians, 43%, that's even lower, still embrace absolute truth. <laughs> End quote. Let's let's catch our breath for a, for a second here and break that down because, you know, I've, I've got more to read to you, but it is shocking that evangelicals are just as likely to reject the idea of absolute moral truth as they are to accept it. And less than half of born-again Christians embrace absolute moral truth. So Barna makes a distinction in their survey between evangelical and born-again Christians. If those, if those distinctions are a little confusing to you, then, well, you're not alone. Um, you know, I'm going to read to you from an article in the Houston Chronicle to help us understand those distinctions. They define the term evangelical as an umbrella term for Christians who believe in the need for conversion, the command to spread the gospel, the inerrancy of the Bible, and the primacy of Jesus Christ's atoning death 
on the cross. Whereas born again, according to that same article from the Houston Chronicle, is a colloquialism derived from Jesus' own words in the New Testament that describe a conversion experience in which a person encounters God and is spiritually transformed. You know, I, I think those are pretty good definitions. So, in other words, an evangelical takes the conversion experience and goes outward with it. An evangelical takes the Great Commission, Jesus' last words for us to go into all the world and preach the gospel, very seriously. Whereas someone who is just born again, because of course, you know, you can be both born again and evangelical, but for someone who is just born again, uh, they see their encounter with Jesus in a more personal way, more self-help, less of a mission to change the world kind of way. I think it is, I think it's really helpful to understand those distinctions and enlightening in terms of this survey, because the number of born again Christians who believe in absolute moral truth mirrors that of all Americans. There's like virtually no difference between the percentage of born-again Christians who believe in absolute moral truth and the percentage of Americans who believe in absolute moral truth. You know, you should read the whole survey. I'll, I'll link it for you. It goes on to say, quote, the study found that the pull of secularism is especially strong among younger Americans, not surprising there, with those under the age of 30 much less likely than older adults to select God as the basis of truth. 31% of those younger under 30 um, Americans found God to be the source of absolute or the basis for absolute truth as compared to 45% of people who are over 30. And those younger Americans under 30 are more likely to say that moral standards are decided by the individual. 60% of the under 30 crowd said that. Uh, and you know, in that same study, only 6% of Americans adhere to a biblical worldview. 6%. <sighs> wow, wow, wow. That's where we are in the church, in faith circles, and in our culture. You know, I'm, I'm not surprised, and yet <laughs> it is sobering. This is like when you know you're gaining weight and you don't want to get on the scale because the news is going to be bad, so you keep avoiding it. But then you finally face reality. You get on the scale and you find out, oh, wow, it was way worse than you thought it was, right? You know, these statistics, that's what these statistics tell us. The number of Americans who believe in objective truth and the number of born-again Christians who believe in objective moral truth are nearly identical. And there are less than half. And yet, and yet, this is what Christ's primary purpose was for coming to the earth. He came to testify to the truth. And less than half of all born-again Christians, the ones who bear the name of Christ, believe in objective moral truth. <laughs> How can you believe in Christ and not believe in what he came to do? And that is to testify to the truth. He is the truth. So we're, we're going to talk more about that in a sec. But, you know, we, we are taking on water in the church, folks. And I would suggest to you that the biggest hole in the boat has to do with this issue of truth. This is the hole 
We need to plug first. So I'm going to start plugging away here. I'm going to give you seven attributes about truth that we need to know as Christians and as parents. And we need to teach these attributes to our kids. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Attribute number one, truth is a purpose. You know, I've pretty much already established this point by showing you Jesus's purpose for coming to the earth. That is what Jesus said his purpose was. Those were his words, not mine. They were his. His entire purpose for living here on earth was to testify to the truth. So, you know, like I said, I've already made this point. And I've shown you how all the good stuff that Christ accomplished by his life, his death, and his resurrection is accomplished in our lives when and only when we accept the truth. But let's accept also that if this was Christ's primary purpose in living, it should be ours as well. As believers, and especially as Christian parents trying to raise godly kids in an ungodly world, we must accept truth as our primary purpose, and we must teach this primary purpose to our kids. Attribute number two, truth is a person. John chapter 14, verse 6, one of those verses I've encouraged you to memorize, says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is Jesus speaking. That is what he said. Those are red letter words. Truth is a person. And that person is Jesus. If we want to know truth, we've got to know Jesus, not as we want to define him, but as he defines himself in scripture. I would highly recommend going through all the gospels with your kids, especially the gospel of John, which is my personal favorite. That is where Jesus makes all of his truth claims. That is where Jesus tells us exactly who he is. He is the son of God. He is God. He is the only path to salvation to the father. And he is truth. Attribute number three. Truth is a word. It is a book. It is the Bible. God's word is truth. How do we know this? This this gets a little philosophical here, but lean in. In John chapter 1, verse 1, 
we read that in the beginning, and that is talking about like the beginning of earthly time as we know it, God is outside of time. But in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, like I said, it's a little confusing, I know. That means that God is is more in more than one form from the beginning. There is there is God, and then there is the Word, and they are one and the same, and the Word is with God, and the Word is God. We learn exactly who the Word is, though, in verse 14, which says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word of God, which was there from the beginning, became a human being. It became a person. This is talking about Jesus. So Jesus was there with God from the beginning. He wasn't invented 2,000 years ago. He was there from the beginning, and he was the Word, and the Word became flesh. Jesus is the walking manifestation of God's Word. He is the Bible in flesh form. Scripture is more than a book. It is Jesus. It is truth. And as I said before, that Word which Satan denied in the garden, God's truth, God's instruction to us, became flesh. It took on human form. It became Jesus who came to earth to testify to the truth. Can you see the dots connecting now? I really hope you can. Okay, so let's let's keep moving on here. Number four, the fourth attribute of truth. Now, because of these first three attributes about truth that we have learned, that, that truth is a purpose— it is a person, and it is a word. It's, it's a book. We know that truth is universal. Jesus didn't have a different purpose in coming to earth for you than he did for me. His purpose is the same for everyone, to testify to the truth. And, and Jesus is a person, one person, not like a different person for you than he is for me. And by the way, I, I don't get to define who he is, and neither do you or anyone else. Jesus defines who he is himself in Scripture. That's why I encourage you especially to read the word uh, or the book of John because that's, that is a book where he perfectly defines who he is. And Jesus is a word. There is one word for everyone. Now, we can debate what the word means, and by all means, we should. We want to interpret the Bible correctly, but ultimately it has one meaning for everyone, and we must endeavor to find out what that is. Scripture is not just my truth or the truth of those who believe it, any more than gravity is a reality that only some people experience. Although I do feel like I am experiencing gravity a lot more as I get older. But no, gravity applies to everyone, and so does truth. Scripture is God's truth for the world, for everyone. You don't have to accept it for it to be true. I may, I may choose not to believe in gravity, but I will discover how true gravity is if I step off of a cliff. Likewise, the truth of what Scripture teaches us is universal, whether we agree with it or not. And one day, Scripture tells us that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess universally that Jesus is Lord. What we want to do and what we want our kids to do is to accept this universal truth now, but it must be their choice, so we must teach them well. Number five, 
God's truth is eternal. We've already established from John chapter 1 verse 1 that Jesus was with God in the beginning. And Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If Jesus is truth and he was in the beginning and he exists forever and ever, then he is eternal and therefore Truth is eternal. See how that works? Pretty cool, huh? You know, Jesus is truth, and he is eternal, so truth is eternal. I, I could put that in Socratic logic form, if you would like, in the form of a syllogism. Email me if you'd like to see that. Okay, let's keep going. Number six, God's truth is unchanging. We take this attribute from the very same verse, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Only this time we are emphasizing the word same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't change. And we find this attribute of God in the Old Testament as well. Keep in mind, Jesus claimed to be one with the Father. The Father and the Son are one. Now, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 says, I am the Lord. And I do not change. Numbers, oh, I love this verse. Numbers chapter 23, verse 9 says, God is not a human that he should lie. Not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? He doesn't change his mind. He, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God does not change. God is Jesus and Jesus is God. Jesus is truth. Therefore, truth does not change. And number seven, finally, this last one, truth is divisive. You know, I I almost reworded this last one to make it more positive. Nobody wants to be divisive. That's a bad thing, right? Right? You know, not, not really. God is kind of a fan of dividing things. In the entire creation account, God divides things. That's how he creates. He divided the light from the darkness, heaven from earth, land from water. In the Old Testament, God draws more than one line in the sand. He says to the Israelites in in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 uh, through 20, he says, this day, I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. (laughs) He's dividing things, okay? He always has. That's how he creates. He drew his people out of all of the other nations. He divides things. With that in mind, let's visit Jesus's words one more time from John chapter 18, verse 37, where he is telling us about his purpose. He said, for this reason, I was born and have come into the world to testify to the truth. But listen to what he says next. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The message version puts it this way. Everyone who cares for truth, who has any feeling for the truth, recognizes my voice. Jesus is drawing a line here. He is dividing truth lovers from non-truth lovers. So, so we're either on the side of truth, objective truth, moral truth, or we aren't. And if we aren't on the side of truth, we aren't on the same side 
as Jesus. It's, it's really that simple. Truth divides. Jesus is truth and he is on one side and we're, we're either on that side or we're on the other side, which is the side of lies and, and Satan and death. So let's recap these attributes of truth really quickly. Truth is a purpose because it's Christ's primary purpose for coming to earth and it needs to be our purpose as well. Truth is a person. Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is a word. It is the word of God because Jesus is the word. Truth is universal. It applies to everyone. Truth is eternal. It always has been and it always will be. Truth is unchanging. It wasn't different for people in other places and other times than it is for us. And truth is divisive. Truth divides. If we want to be on the side of truth, we must accept these attributes of truth. And most of all, we must accept the one who is truth. That is Jesus. We must accept him as he defines himself. We're going to keep digging into this issue of truth. We're going to discuss the ways that our culture is twisting and redefining truth. I want to talk about how truth is being replaced with science. And I want to use these episodes on truth to jump into some very serious issues facing our kids today in the area of their sexuality and gender. There is a very big agenda seeking to lure our children away from the truth of who they are and who God has created them to be. So keep tuning in. And please, if if you have a sec, head over to the Spark Media Awards and, and nominate Christian Parent Crazy World as a fan favorite. I'd really appreciate that. I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review over on Apple Podcasts and following me on Facebook? And be sure to check out my website, which is katherineseegers.com. That's Catherine with a C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. And if you subscribe, I will be sure to send you some really cool free stuff and notify you of future podcasts, articles, and blogs. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. To hear more from Catherine Seegers, visit her site, katherineseegers.com. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a rating and review in your podcast app? It really does help us connect to more listeners like you. A special thanks to Kelly Gibbons, Stephen Sanders, and Stephen McGarvey for their production and editing on this episode. 
You can find more podcasts like this over at lifeaudio.com. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, or art to make, or perhaps businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, Search and follow the Messenger Movement podcast on your favorite podcast platform today or lifeaudio.com.